Welcome to It's All Journalism. My name is Michael O'Connell. Uh, today we're doing something a little different. Um, Anna Myers, who is one of our producers, uh, works with Delinda Frazier at the American Association of Community Colleges. And uh, Delinda contacted me to uh, interview me for a class that she's in at America, in American, Unity, American University's Interactive Journalism Program, which is the program that uh, Anna and Megan and, and I were in at American University. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. So you're, you're a graduate student in, in the Interactive Journalism Program, right? Yes. And you've never, ever interviewed anybody before. No, I haven't. So this is brand new. Why, why did you want to get involved in journalism? Um, well, I'd like to become an uh, internet content coordinator or perhaps a web editor. And as I was looking around at all the jobs that appealed to me, they all would like you to have a degree in either journalism or in English. Okay. And have you, have you done any type of journalism at all before? No, not at all. No. What, what's your job now? Um, what is it you specifically do? Uh, I'm a meeting planner, and I focus mostly on the technology that we use to uh, help support our meetings. Oh, okay. So do you work at all on the website there? Uh, yes. I'm responsible for uh, updating uh, our portions of our website. Okay. Well, cool. Well, I, I'm really I'm – really, I feel rather privileged to be the first person that you actually interview. It's, 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 a, it's a major hurdle for every journalist, let me tell you that, and I really admire you for doing that. Uh, you, you know, later in life, uh, you're, not, you're not an oldie, but you've been in, in the workplace for, for a while, and you decided to go back to school, which I think is really brave and an admirable thing, and, and, and I think that's worth, it's definitely worthwhile doing. So tell me about the, the, the story you're working on and um, what type of information you think you're going to need. Uh, well, I was um, talking to the editor at my current job. Um, we have an online newspaper called the Community College Times. And he was saying one of the challenges he had when we went digital about two or three years ago was that there was this expectation of uh, new content every single day. And that leadership thought that because we went digital that uh, the editor would have more time to produce that content. Um, <laughs> when actually he had less time because he had to write the stories and he had to figure out, you know, uh, what kind of multimedia content he could produce. Right. Go on. Um, so um, I was interested in uh, just exploring that topic a little further. Okay. And uh, your, your professor, well, the class is, wh wh which class is it? Um, it's called uh, Writing for Convergent Media. Oh, yeah. And Amy Eisman, who is the director of the program, is your professor. Yes. Yeah. And we actually, she was the first guest that we had on the podcast. Um, she's, a, she's a great friend and a great person. Um, and you're going to learn. You're going to learn a, a hell of a lot from her. I can tell you that she's she's a, she's a taskmaster, but she's really good at you know giving feedback and you know helping people. Because even in our class, you know, which is a weekend class, it was an intensive class. You know, we met you know once a week, and she was really good at bringing in people who who were just trying to find new degrees, who'd had varying, varying levels of experience in journalism. So anyway, that's your, 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 um, your, <laughs> your topic. Um, I'm a, um, the web editor, or one of the web editors here at Federal News Radio. Um, I'd be happy to answer any questions about that. Okay. Um, so I was uh, looking online. I found your uh, Digital Michael Facebook page, and um, I was looking at the podcast, and I see that you had worked with the uh, Connection newspapers yes. uh, for a while as a reporter and as their, one of their web editors. Yes. 
And um, how big was the staff at that newspaper? Um, it was much smaller when I left, uh, not, not because I was taking up a lot of space, but because the way journalism had changed in the 10 years that I had been there. Um, gosh, uh, how many people were there when I got there? Maybe 25 uh, people, and I'm not even necessarily counting. There probably were another 10 people who were, who were non-editorial 10, 12, maybe 15 people who were ad sales and things like that, circulation. Um, but by the time I left, probably maybe 10 or 12, there were 10 or 12 um, uh, people who were working the editorial side. And that's a lot of, uh, you know, we were still trying to put out the, the same level of quality in journalism that we were doing when I first got there, which was a really difficult thing to do with basically half the staff. So uh, you, you saw, saw sort of a, um, you know, evolution of the way the editorial department was working, um, that the editors, the assistant editors, when we still had assistant editors, were doing a lot more tasks. Um, I, did, I didn't get the chance to do a lot of reporting. Uh, I did, actually, I don't think I did hardly any reporting when I was uh, my last couple of years there. Not that editors typically did reporting you, you kind of sort of once you got into the editor's track you, you it was less less writing you were more working with uh reporters and freelancers and interns to develop stories so that answers your question okay so was um was the paper um online the whole time that you were there actually i came um when i ca i came to the connection newspapers uh after being laid off at a uh, online site. I was a content editor there. And this was like 2001. So it was very rudimentary, um, you know, very early days of producing content for the website, for websites. So when I got to The Connection, it was actually a few months after I got there that they started having conversations about being online. And um, they, they had hired a company to develop a website for them. And I was... You know, I was a reporter at that time, so I didn't have a whole lot of say in the editorial process of, you know, what, what the website, how the website would be designed or anything in that. But certainly I was, I was writing content um, and, uh, that, that appeared on the web, but wasn't really doing it. We, we weren't doing any multimedia that early on. Okay. So was there um, – was it difficult to – I guess. Well, I know writing for the uh, writing for print is different than writing for the web. It, you have to kind of keep uh, the web in mind as you're writing your story. So, was it difficult for the reporters um, at that time to kind of to make that transition? Well, you, you have to remember that at that time it was um, the web was seen not as the primary mover or the driver in your your web uh, in your content. For, for your newspaper and for very good reasons. There was no way to really, at that, po that point, there was no thought going into, well, how are we going to really monetize this? Um, at that point, we're, again, we're talking 2001, 2002, people were thinking, well, you know, everybody's getting websites. You know, people like getting their news, you know, being able to go online and, and read a story if they can't find your newspaper. So more often than not, uh, what the content we were producing was were, were basically text stories that we were uploading onto the web. They weren't changed in any way at all from what from what they were in the newspaper. Now, then, what might be different actually is that they might be longer because we you know, might have had to edit them to to fit in a certain length in the paper. 
but they were just you know we were reproducing what we had done in the uh, in the in the print edition on, on the website, and which is kind of funny because in those early days, uh, the design of our web, a website it was very consciously reflecting the strengths of what the the newspaper chain was. We were a chain of of papers, uh, fifteen um, papers at that time, and so we what we were doing was we were trying to. You know, hey, we're, we've got this great variety. We, we reach into all of these communities, and I think that that was kind of the, what the thinking was. And we weren't really necessarily creating a product that was radically different um, from what we were doing in print. It was more of we were trying to create something that that sort of upsold in a way what what we were doing in print. Uh, so we, we, our focus was never really on the web. It was just. You know, after we had put out the papers that week, that was the next thing we did with our content. We just posted on the website, so that that was pretty much it. And, and that was a, that it, way for a long while. Um, do you have another question? Probably. I can't think of it. Right now. <laughs> well, let me t- let me talk to you uh, because actually that, that kind of brings up an interesting point. Mm-hmm. When I um, and I, I don't want to, you know, certainly I'll answer your questions. I don't want to make this so much about about me, but. Um, what what happened at the connection was we started getting the conversations, you know, maybe uh, 2008, 2009, about we needed to really update the website, uh, that it wasn't – that journalism had been changing. Uh, people were getting a lot of their information from, you know, from, um, from the web uh, primarily. And so, you know, we lost ad revenue. And our and our focus sort of shifted that we knew that we needed to have a new website, um, but what what would that be and how would that sort of figure it into our the business strategy? You know, uh, by that time I was a managing editor, I had some input into, you know, some of that thinking, but it really wasn't my decision. It was more of a business and upper editorial decision as to how uh, they were going to take the the website into a new direction, and they had gotten a a, a company that they had been in contact with. That um, that they ended up launching a really s- solid website and actually didn't go online until after I left. But at around that same time, um, I had uh, decided that um, I needed to have sort of a, a different direction in my career. I, I kind of looked five years down the road and said, "Well, um, you know, what do I want to do in five years? Do I still want to be in journalism?" And that's when I got into the interactive journalism program, and it really changed my perspective about um, about journalism in, in a broad sense, but also in, in the importance of uh, writing and creating content for the web as opposed to just reprinting stuff that had been in a, in a print edition. And so, you know, a lot of the bells and whistles that you'll see are, you know, video and, and audio and, and, you know, uh, moving graphics and things like that, you know, um, data viz, um, all these things that they talk about, you know, that, that sort of push the advantages of the web. But from my perspective, it was more about thinking about, you know, if you how to cover an event differently. Um, and, and this is where it's, it's, you know, for me, the journey that I was on, it was sort of a very, you have to understand it was a very radical shift in my, in my thinking. Um, because really I was on a, it was a weekly newspaper you know, I was laying out. I was doing assignments for a series of weekly newspapers, and I was on that that weekly cycle. You know that 
you know, I laid out my papers on on Wednesday. They hit the streets on Thursday. On Thursday, I would have meetings with reporters. We would talk about what stories we were going to cover for that week. We'd make assignments for photographers. We'd talk to the sports reporters. They'd go away and they would report stuff. And then, you know, material would start coming back to me. And then, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, I would, I would start laying out the papers again. And it was that way for a very, very long time. Um, when I got into the interactive journalism program, I began to see that you could do things very differently if you sort of embraced the strengths of what the web could give you, especially for a local newspaper, especially for a weekly newspaper. You know, we we, we were certainly in the same market as the, the, the Washington Post. We weren't necessarily competing with them. I mean, they had local content, but that we were at meetings and, and covering things that they weren't at. So, I mean, we had unique content. Um, and... You know, certainly our our business model at the time was very, you know, still very dependent on display advertising, on classified advertising, and, and that was all in print. And so, and we were just very at the very early stages of trying to develop a business strategy where you could sell ads online. But you know, again, that's that's important to journalism. It's important to to the thinking. But you know, being on the editorial side, that wasn't primarily what was driving me. And at that point, I, I, I began to think, well, how can I change my process to take advantage of what the web can give you? Um, besides distribution issues where you, can, where, you know, being on the web allows you to, to reach your audience wherever they're at, it also provides you with immediacy. And, you know, your weekly newspaper, you don't have immediacy. You know, you have high school basketball games that are played throughout the week. But, you know, people are going to read about a high school basketball game that took place last Friday. They're going to read about it on the, uh, on the following Thursday. Wouldn't it be better if you told that reporter who's covering that event on a, on a Friday night to, you know, post a, the story on Saturday morning so that people could read that fresh content? And then you could update something later on in the week to have in the newspaper and then push people to the website to get their, their new news, as it were. And so that kind of really informed my thinking and, and, and my planning uh, on how I was going to do the, the newspaper. And then I got caught up in this whole idea of digital first, which I think is really important, um, that thinking about how your content is going to be viewed digitally should really sort of d decide your thinking of making assignments um, and you know, t the timing of things. So as soon as I would get a story from a reporter, it would go online. Um, and so that by the time that I laid out the newspaper, all of our content was already online. And several, and many of the stories were, had been online for days before that. Um, and, you know, it may, seem, it may seem kind of obvious now, but that was kind of radical thinking, I think, you know, if I do say so, in that what I was trying to do was you know bring the news to to take advantage of the immediacy that the website gives you and, and sort of push to that and you know as soon as you start doing that then you can start doing some other cool things um you know at the same time i was starting to get interested in social media and uh in twitter and facebook twitter in particular I, I began to see that that could have a huge advantage uh for covering local news if uh, you know one of our you know our, our bread and butter was sports and and politics, local politics, 
So, you know, have the reporters who are covering basketball games or football games to, to tweet out updates and scores and things. Um, and, you know, retweet tweets from, um, from some of the coaches and players and things like that. And at the same time, you know, it, if you go to a political debate or you go to a, a political speech or something, you know, the reporter that's covering that event, have them tweet out what, what the candidate's saying. So you're doing a lot of things. You're, you're showing that you're in the digital, spa- digital space. You're showing that, that you, you're out there for your readers to take advantage of you as a news source. So they start following you. Um, and at the same time, that sort of builds a rapport with, with you. I, I remember uh, going to um, – because there was nobody on a, on a holiday – I think it was the 4th of July. There's a 4th of July parade in Pink Kings Park in, in the Springfield area. And uh, I went with my camera and I shot some, some photos uh, of the parade. And uh, I tweeted out pictures. And then there were, of course, because this was an election year, there were some candidates there who had their banners and their followers. And so I tweeted out some of them. And, you know, I put hashtags to their, um, to the politicians' uh uh, to the politicians' names or to you know their Twitter accounts, and those got retweeted. So you know it's it's a way of sort of embedding yourself in the community and serving serving them by getting yourself known, showing that you're you're in the digital space that you're that that you're not just waiting around for every Thursday for the story to be published, but that you're actively out in the in 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 the public um, reporting the news. So that's a lot of the way my thinking had sort of changed at that point. Um, so, and also, you know, I know that your, your story, well, I'm going to let you ask, ask a question because I've been rambling so long. (laughs) Well, so as a new journalist, um, to me, that seems overwhelming to, you know, to be out in the field and say you're going to cover the Thanksgiving day parade, to, to be out there, you know, tweeting pictures during the parade and, you know, maybe trying to write notes for, you know, for the story that you need to go back and write later. So how do you balance all of that? Well, and, and that's actually a, a huge tough thing um, that that I think all reporters have to kind of work their way through. Um, when and this happened at us at, at the connection, but but you know I've heard this from other people where once they got somebody at the on the paper who was like gung ho about the the website, they would give journalists you know flip cameras and say, well you've got to shoot video for. For the basketball basketball game, where you've got to shoot video of of the parade or whatever, the, or the, the the political speech that you're covering, and you know, so the the reporter in the field has got to start making some decisions. You know what 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 is my what is my primary duty here? Uh, we had some people on the podcast. Uh, ben Raby uh, is the um, uh, he covers uh, the Washington Capitals in D.C. And one of the things he was talking about was, you know, well, yeah, it's important for you to to do social media and it's important for you to do all these different things, you know, get some audio, get some video when you can. But you have to remember what your primary job is. So the person who's covering the parade, your primary job is to cover that parade. So, you know, that you have to make that you have to make those decisions out in the field. But then on the other hand, you, you, you also have to give some service to social media and some of these other things. You're shooting video, taking photos. One of the things we did at The Connection, you know, it was a real mom-and-pop 
sort of small, you know, classic um, weekly newspaper chain. You you know, the reporters each had a camera. They would have to cover the meeting or whatever, but they would also have to take photos, and they were required to send, to turn in photos with photos or some form of artwork with their stories so that we could illustrate them when we laid out the paper. So, you know, that was part of the, that was part of the formula. They were going to have to do that anyway. So it is difficult, but again, you, you have to decide. You got you got to learn to prioritize, and you got to learn to juggle things. Um, social media. I mean, that's a whole conversation about you know what your responsibilities as a as a journalist in the field are are, are to do. I mean, I've live tweeted events and things, and that's that can be useful. Um, live tweeting, live blogging, an event. Those actually become your notes for your story. Uh, those are actually can be avenues for you to get quotes or to reach out to other sources. So these things aren't just necessarily burdens, but they can also be things that, that help you do your story better. You just got to, you know, embrace them and figure out a system where they function well for you. So then for a new journalist, what advice would you give them as, you know, they're just starting out? Would you advise them to just start by becoming really good at doing doing those interviews in the field and taking notes and then kind of move into the social media, or would you suggest they try to do both at the same time, but maybe in a limited capacity? Well, a, a new journalist is, I mean, that that is a really, can be a really over, overwhelming experience um, because you, you've got so many things pulling at you. You you want to do a good job. You want to make sure you talk to all the sources. Um, you know, one of the nice things about the Connection newspapers is it was, you know, it was our standard that we always wrote multi-source stories. And and we did that as you know as every journalist should do, if for no other reason, for fairness, that that you want to present the most comprehensive, fair story that you can, and so that requires you to do a little extra work to to talk to a lot of people, and it requires you to to sort of listen to what listen to what they say, and, and you know noodle through what the truth of the story is and tell that story and come back and write that up and include photos and and do it on deadline so that that's a lot of you know that's a, that's a huge you know steep learning curve for anybody coming into it um you know we we used to get um you know I you know I had new reporters come in I had interns come in and I always tell them pretty much the same thing is that this is going to be really overwhelming but you know Learn to listen. I mean, that's that's I think the primary thing that I think every journalist should should learn, and it isn't always always that you know obvious. I mean, that listening to people what they're actually saying, you know, can help you to understand really the heart of the story that much quicker. Um, don't you know? Plan ahead for interviews that you do. You know, sort of do do the background che- checks you know check and see what the the what has been written about it before see what some of the who the major players are in it um and then you know come up with your questions ahead of time keeping in mind and always being open that that the story may change as you are doing conducting the interview that they may say something that takes you off in a completely different tangent um and then be organized um that's that's hugely important that you know write or write really complete notes. Make sure you get all the names correct. You know, if you can, if you can record, record. But 
<laughs> the problem with recording is is you know you live and die by that and i've had instances where i would get back and there was nothing on the tape or there was some problem and then you have to make that embarrassed phone call and say to to whoever your sources were and you know say can you you know you know i i took some notes but could you help me through this and and you know more often than not that they'll help you because they want you to present the story the right way the fact that you're here today doing your first interview shows that you you've sort of climbed the first hurdle because you know i had interns who would come in who had dreams of writing um and you know send them out on the field and they 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 couldn't bring themselves to go up to strangers and ask them questions and that is you know very basic that's that's the thing you have to be able to do to be a successful journalist you know go up to stranger introduce yourself ask a question you know, get them to spell it, you know, get all their personal information, their name and where they're from and everything, write down their answer correctly, listen while this is all going on so that you can think of the next question so you can follow up. And if you don't ask, ask it, you know, if you don't understand something, follow up with another question. I mean, it's, it, these are skills that, that don't always come easy, but, you know, every step is, is moving forward and, and, and sort of coming through the, you know, the fear that you have to overcome to the point where you're fearless, where you can go out and you can do the uncomfortable interview. You can do the, you know, you can go to and knock on a door of somebody who's, who's, uh, whose child has died in a car accident and you can ask them questions. Um, you know, we all have to do those types of stories and you're not going to be able to do that if you haven't, you know, developed these other skills and, you know, built that inner strength within yourself so that you can go up to strangers and ask them uncomfortable questions. Can I ask you about the uh, position that you're in now? Sure. That you're a web editor for Federal News Radio? Yes. Correct? Yes. So what do you do in that position? Um, that's, a, that's a really good question. I do a lot of things. Um, I write up uh, interviews that they do on the radio show. I report things. Um, we're working on a project right now about uh, federal health IT um, so I'm conducting interviews over the phone right now to, um, to write up a story that I'll have for next week. Um, we update the website every day. We have reporters here who go out and they have regular beats and they, they turn in stories that have audio that will play on the radio. Um, they, they're usually, they, 99% of the time they edit that themselves. And so for us, from our perspective, we, we post, we edit and post their stories we uh, we add their audio or photos to to the story. Um, I also get the opportunity to go out and do multimedia pieces or other reported pieces. Um, I have to fit that into my in and around the, the other stuff that I do here. Um, so I get to shoot some video sometimes. I shoot shoot. I'll do photos, photo galleries, things like that. Um, and that can be really fun. Um, but you know, there's a lot to do here. Just getting stuff up on the website and and keeping it updated every day. Because you also have to do social me- social media. I, I have to I coordinate um, web content with one of the uh, shows here, the afternoon show in depth. Uh, I have to make sure sh- uh, that we have a blog page which has uh, you know a little little text and some photos and and a brief and, or, and the uh, uh, audio interviews that were on the air. So I have to edit down some audio to to put up on the website and make that live. So that's that's something I have to do every day. Um, so that's, that's probably the scope of what I do, but there are lots of other little things that I have to, have to do to, to update the website as well. 
are you the only web editor or are there no. others? No. Uh, actually, my position is technically called a web writer, but we kind of refer to to them as editors because we actually do a lot of editing as opposed to just writing. Uh, there are two other um, web writers with me right now, uh, one who works the early morning shift, which I used to do. Uh, she gets here at 3 in the morning and leaves at 11 in the morning. Uh, it's a really, really hard shift to do, I can tell you that. Um, and then we have another one who, whose primary focus is actually covering – um, you know, bills that are going through Congress and things like that. So he's he's a really good writer, really strong uh, writer in, 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 on those subjects. Okay. So in addition to the, uh, the It's All Journalism podcast, do you have any other outside projects that you're working no, on? No, no. Th- this, is, this is plenty. I, I've got a, I got a freelance story that I've been working on for months that I, that I got to get back to. But uh, the podcast is sort of a labor of love that, that – uh, uh, Anna Myers and uh, uh, Megan Clorty and I sort of put together. Also, Jolie Lee, who used to uh, be one of the producers, she um, uh, she used to work here at Federal News Radio, and now now in a roundabout way, she's working at, at USA Today. Uh, she's actually going to be a guest on an upcoming podcast that we're going to post. Uh, and then also Julie O'Donoghue is another producer. She's just recently moved out of D.C. and and is um, in uh, uh, New Orleans right now. Working for a newspaper there, but yeah, no, that's that's plenty. My my days are, are pretty well filled because it's a lot. It's a lot to to update content on a website. Um, there's a lot of responsibilities, especially when stories break here. Now we're not a straight news store news website. I mean, upstairs is WTOP, which is a 24 hour news radio station, and they you know they do cover breaking news on a lot of different things on traffic. On you know on fires on on political situations things like that we don't do as much as that but we do do breaking news uh, stories I mean we covered the uh, the Navy Yard shooting uh, that was right in our wheelhouse uh, involved the federal government um, and, and we're still covering that in, in the aftermath uh, you know as that's sort of working its way through the oversight in in Congress and and the different agencies that are involved in security at federal facilities we're interviewing people about that so. You know, it, it's it's a really kind of interesting niche um, website to work on. Um, it's something that that I didn't really have a clear understanding. Of. I mean, when when you think of politics, or pardon me, when you think of government, you're, you're thinking more often than not people talk about politics, about elections and things like that. But this this is very little to do with with politics, very little to do with elections. It's more about the federal bureaucracy and how that functions and the people who work for the federal government. So, and you know, telling their stories, which can be really kind of interesting and different. So where do you uh, see journalism heading next? Oh, <laughs> that's the big question. We, <laughs> we do a podcast about that, and we're 60-some-odd episodes into it. We haven't quite figured that out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I think it, it, it's funny. Uh, when, I, when I first got, got, in, invo- got really fired up about um, – uh, digital journalism in the interactive journalism program, uh, I really kind of thought, you know, that print was going to die, and 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 you know, R.I.P. Rest in peace, print. Um, I think print is going to survive in some way. I don't think it's going to be the primary driver for where journalism is going. I think um, the whole mechanism of uh, the business side of, of journalism is changing. Uh, you know, you look at it models like what's going on with Netflix 
and uh, Roku and Apple TV and things like that that are providing content um, on digital on different platforms for people. And, and seeing the way that that's sort of shifting, you know, broadcast TV, um, I think we're going to see something like that with 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 journalism. Um, I don't think it's like a, it's going to be really clean and, and easy. I think we're going to lumber towards it as we're lumbering towards everything uh, that's going on in journalism right now. Um, I think this is a really exciting time to be in journalism because everything's changing. You can really, you know, do almost anything you want to do, tell almost any type of story. Um, I don't necessarily think you're going to get rich on it, but, you know, very few people were getting rich off of uh, – well, there's very few journalists who are getting rich off of newspapers. Um, but I think there, there are a lot of things, troubles that we're going to have to work our way through. And I, was, I shouldn't say troubles. These are, these are problems that we will solve and um, we'll get through it at some point. I think, you know, there are some very talented and good journalists out there who are committed to preserving this, this industry and I think that their hard work is going to lead a lot of other people um, t- forward. Um, but on the other hand, I think every journalist is going to have to look at hi- him or herself and decide what part they're going to play in this transformation of our industry. Um, it, you, it was pretty easy when I came into journalism. There was a there was a, a path that you took to become, you know, become a successful journalist. You started at the the weekly or the local newspaper, and you worked your way up in the in in that paper, and, and you got you got a beat, and then you mastered that beat, and and then you became one of the top reporters of that that paper, and then you would move on to a, a bigger regional paper, a large city paper, and then you became a columnist, and then you became an expert or something. And it was a it was a it was a track that had been sort of ingrained for over a century of American journalism. And, and that, you know, digital journalism just came in and just sort of blew that up. That and some of the other pressures that were going on um, on the business side of it. Um, so we're rewriting right now what it means to be a successful journalist. There are lots of people who are out there who are doing uh, really stellar and interesting work online, um, you know, that – very few people have heard of, but are are doing stuff that that is, I think is going to change a, a lot of where we're going. We did an interview with uh, Laura Miko, who uh, does uh, homicidedc.org.com, I think, um, and she she's doing old style crime journalism, um, you know, really detailed um, coverage, courthouse coverage, uh, uh, crime blotter coverage online. Um, it's fascinating stuff and very powerful stuff. And she's, she's just like exploding what's, you know, that type of journalism and, you know, taking advantages of the immediacy, the, um, the, the depth that you can have on, on a website, you know, and there are other people and we've been lucky to have some of them on our, on our podcast. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a cheerleader of a sorts. I guess for 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 the direction that we're going, I, I've met too, ma- met too many people who are, are doom and gloom about this. I'm not doom and gloom at all about this. I think we're in, in great times, and I think we've got got exciting things ahead of us. Okay, uh, so could you recommend some other people or other thought leaders on this subject that I could sure. talk to? Sure, sure. Um, certainly, look at our, our our podcast. I can put you in contact. You know, 
um, with a couple of people. Uh, you know, since we're still talking on the podcast, uh, we we talked to um, we talked to a couple of people in, in at Digital First, um, uh, Jim Brady and um, uh, Steve Buttry. Steve Buttry is a professor of ours at American University. Mandy Jenkins, who was also uh, at Digital First Media, but she she was with them at TBD, which was uh, which was really kind of an interesting uh, startup that was here in DC. Um, there, are, uh, yeah, I can I can give you some names of other people. Uh, the Josh Hatch uh, is a good friend of the podcast. Uh, he he's got a really good sense of you know a, a lot of different things about uh, about about journalism. Um, Mishi Ibrahim, we're going to be posting a podcast with her uh, very shortly. She's really good about um, investigative journalism. I would say Amy Eisman, but you already know Amy Eisman. She's not going to let you talk to her to be a source for your story. <laughs> so, uh, Okay, well, those are all my questions. Okay, well, let me ask you, wh- wh- where do you think journalism is going? Um, I'm not really sure. Um, from the little I've learned so far, um, it's obviously all going to the, toward the web. I really wasn't a huge consumer of news before I started in this program. Uh, m- most of my news came from television. I watched an hour or two in the morning and maybe an hour or two in the evening. And a lot of people, that's the way it is for a lot of people. They get most of their news on, uh, still on TV. TV is still a, a powerful platform. I think it, I think it will will be for a long time because people are so comfortable with it. Now, whether you're going to get your TV off your cable or you're going to get it off the air or whether you're going to get it, you know, on a Roku or a, you know Apple TV, that's a that's a whole other uh, another issue. Do you do you read newspapers at all? Um, I do occasionally, and I do definitely now that I started this program. Okay, um, you, but just because they're not as portable, you know, as having your tablet in front of you or your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're they're big and they're kind of unwieldy for sitting on the metro. Um, you know, the only time I have a newspaper is when I can sit down and spread it out on a on a table, and I don't really have that kind of time. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, that's that's a, that's a pretty common common thing. I know. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I couldn't imagine twenty years ago that I would be in the position that I am right now. I don't I, I don't subscribe to a newspaper anymore, and I should, I guess, I suppose to to support this stuff but i get so much of my news on tv and on the web that it just makes no sense for me to do it and if if you know if, the, if there's an interesting story in the post um you know i'll see it i'll see it on facebook somebody will retweet it on facebook or i'll see it on my twitter stream or something like that there're just so many places where you can get news mm-hmm. and you know it, you know i said before print's not going away it doesn't mean that print's not going to have a difficult time because uh, it is it, it is right now and it, and it will going forward but somebody somebody's going to figure this all out so but you know are you you know i think it's exciting that you've you you've jumped into this um and decided this is the direction you want to go so i i I wish you luck and good luck with your class thank you thanks we're gonna end it there you've been listening to it's all journalism a weekly podcast about the changing state of media you can subscribe to this podcast on itunes or find out more information about it's all journalism at itsalljournalism.com We'd like to hear what you have to say. If you have topics that you'd like us to cover or suggestions about who to interview, email us at editor at itsalljournalism.com. Also look for It's All Journalism on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at All Journalism. <laughs>